Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Relationship Obsessive Compulsive Disorder, or ROCD, is a subtype of obsessive compulsive disorder where people experience intrusive thoughts and compulsive behaviors related to worries, fears, and doubts in their relationships. While relationship obsessive compulsive disorder can apply to any kind of relationship, we're going to focus on romantic ones. Today, I'll be teaching you what exactly ROCD is, why you might have it, and the top evidence-based ways to make lasting change. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Welcome back. Hello. I'm glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm excited as always about today's topic. I did some major research for today. This is not something I specialize in, but something a lot of people have written in about and asked about. So I'm here to answer your questions, hopefully. I'm going to be linking to a ton of research. So as with every podcast, you can come over to the website, abbymetcalf.com, and you can, you know, see all the studies I use to talk about what I'm talking about. I also want to give a little shout out to South Korea, we were in your top 50 podcasts. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> how is relationships made easy? Big in South Korea. Who knew? Very exciting. Uh, we get sort of a little list every week uh, about where we stand in the ratings. And Australia, love you Australians, and South Korea, we were uh, really up there. It was kind of beautiful. So thank you for my listeners there and everywhere, wherever you're listening. And remember, as always, to, uh, you know, leave a review. <clears throat> Give us some love. All right, let's get to it. If you're watching me on YouTube, you should have already subscribed. If not, leave a comment. Say hi. I like to say hi to you, too. 
notice my fabulous shirt, do something, you know, give us a little love. Okay. So let's get to it. What is relationship OCD? I'm just going to say ROCD over and over probably because that's relationship obsessive compulsive disorders, a lot to say all the time. So to understand ROCD, we, we really need to talk first about regular old OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, because OCD is a mental illness that involves repeated and unwanted thoughts or obsessions. And those are coupled with repeated, usually unwanted behaviors or compulsions related to those thoughts. And probably, you know, a lot of people have heard of OCD and think they kind of know what it is, but it might be something like someone uh, with OCD might be a person who centers on an obsession with safety in their house. And that might, that obsession might be really super focused on the locks in their home. And so they might check the doors, the windows, the locks on all those things multiple times a day. They might get out of bed five times to check it. They might be at work knowing they checked the house before they left, knowing they checked every window because they have sort of a ritual every day, but at work and they start getting these intrusive thoughts that they have to go home and check because they're sure they left something open. So even though sort of rationally, they and they can know that. Rationally, they can know that that's not true. These thoughts won't stop and they'll they'll leave work to go home and check the locks, that kind of thing. That's how OCD generally presents. So these sort of obsessive thoughts that are reoccurring and then having these behaviors attached to them that, you know, you'd rather not be doing, but you can't seem to like help yourself. And a person with relationship OCD, ROCD, will have repetitive, fearful thoughts about a relationship. Now, you know, and again, we're going to talk about romantic ones today, even though our relationship OCD can can be any can be parenting can be you know you and your boss can be your your you and your parents could be a lot of things, but we're going to focus on uh, romance today. So this is when someone constantly doubts all their decisions in regard to their romantic relationship. So they might doubt you know the biggie is is this the one, is this the one, uh, but and they might stay with that person they're they're full even though they're full of dread that they should leave all the time and then or they might act on those thoughts and leave the relationship but then they're obsessed with thinking they made the wrong decision and want to get back together with that person and if they do go back and get together they'll doubt that decision and stay stuck in the cycle of breaking up and getting back together or just threatening to break up um i've had you know, quite a few clients over the years who are in this pattern and they will, um, and, and in the moment, like they'll suddenly decide, yes, I want to marry this person. This is my person. I got it. And then literally like the second after they ask, they regret it. Like sometimes they don't even last the rest of the night. They think this is the biggest mistake I've ever made. What was I thinking? And, and, or they'll break up and then they're obsessed with this person. You know, they'll think of all the reasons they're going to break up. They're done with them. This is not my person. And then all of a sudden they're romanticizing all the things about this person and they can't let go. Um, another thing you see a lot with ROCD is they'll doubt if their partner really loves them or if they really love their partner. There, there's often like these grand questions like, you know, what is love anyway? Um, they'll question their compatibility to their partner, their attraction, um, even their partner's love for them. Then they look to their partner to help them feel reassured, which of course creates tension and conflict 
since no amount of reassurance is ever enough. And again, these like weird actions start happening, which create tension and, and disease and unrest and dissatisfaction in the relationship. And it's really just um, kind of a scary, nasty cycle that, that takes hold. So, and I'm noticing, sorry, as I'm sitting here for a moment, I'm noticing some funky shadow. Hold on. Give me a second here. All right. I think I fixed the shadow. Hey, um, you know, if you're watching me on YouTube, I'm trying to give you the best, uh, best feeling you could possibly have. And so sometimes, um, you know, things get weird. Anyway, I'm back. So I really want to talk because I know a lot of you are listening right now thinking, this is me, this is me, but it's probably not you. It's, it's very, it's rare to have ROCD. It's not just like having OCD. It's not a common thing. And so I want to be clear kind of what the differences are. So you're not um, mistaking your issues um, with this. So I want to talk about what an intrusive thought is. Because again, you know, you might be right now like, that's me, that's me. I do all those things. You know, I worry about my partner leaving me. Uh, I'm anxious about whether my partner really loves me. But, you know, we all go through moments of doubt in our relationships. Everybody does. It's weird not to. You're going to have a moment of it. What signifies and separates a relationship OCD are these intrusive thoughts that you might be ha might not be having. So you might not be having intrusive thoughts. And without those, I wouldn't say that you have uh, ROCD. And intrusive thoughts are a very particular type of thought. Sometimes uh, people, I've noticed that it's become more of the vernacular, more of the way we sort the verbiage. But in psychology, it's a very specific way we talk about a very specific type of thoughts, type of thought. And intrusive thoughts are, again, very particular. They're they're disturbing, uh, alarming. They're even kind of weird thoughts that enter your consciousness often without any warning or external prompting. So I'm trying to think of a good example. So for example, let's say, let's say you're, you're a, a heterosexual woman walking down the street and you see your partner walking out of a restaurant with another woman. <laughs> okay. You're, you know, they're, they're laughing and they seem very close. So you might get a thought that he's cheating, right? Even if you've never worried about that before. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to take a sip of water. Right? You might be thinking in this moment, oh my gosh. You might even think about it all day. Maybe this happened at lunch and, you know, you can't get home till dinner time and, and you don't want to talk to them yet because you're so upset, your partner. <coughs> Excuse me. You might, I know we're not editing out. Uh-uh. You're not paying big. Did you hear a sponsor in this podcast? Did you hear somebody? No. So I'm sponsoring the podcast. So if I have to cough, I got to cough. I'm not going to pay for an editor to, <laughs> to edit out a cough. I'm sorry. You have to put up with it. There's the love. We love each other. Now you're loving me with my coughing. I'm going to have another sip of water. <coughs> so you might even think about it all day. This partner walking out of a restaurant, you know, your, your person walking in a restaurant with another woman. And it's on your mind, right? You're like, oh my gosh, what is that? What is that? So you might be having these intrusive thoughts all day. Maybe you go back to work. You're like, I'm sure it's nothing. I'll, I'll talk to them later. And you're trying to work and you can't work. You know, it keeps coming at you all day. Like, but what if, what if you find yourself maybe shaky or nervous, or maybe you can't even go back to work? And you call your girlfriends and you call your best gay and you call like, you know, so 
these thoughts could come at you all day, but it's because something reasonable prompted those thoughts. They weren't out of nowhere. So there was a prompt. It's not, it's not a strange jump to think your partner's cheating. It's not something crazy like, you know, way out there. However, if you and your partner are doing well overall, but you keep perseverating on whether to get married, and I'm not saying it's a perfect relationship, but you know, overall, you guys are pretty compatible, things are going pretty well, but you cannot make this decision, that could be ROCD. All day, every day, you, you know, or practically every day, you think about whether you really love your partner and if you should make the next step, you go over. It's a very circular thinking. Your thinking is circular. You, you never get to any conclusions or right answers. Or if you decide to like, you know, marry your partner, you're happy for a day. And then, like I mentioned earlier, you suddenly get swarmed with doubts and fears about whether this is the right decision. So with that, there's no prompting. There's no, there's no external cue to make you suddenly go there. And I'll tell you when there are cues, it's, they're not really a hundred percent. So one of the common ones I've heard one of my clients say it, she when she she would see her uh, another uh, like other people kissing like another couple on the street or in a movie and she would freak out and immediately go to we don't kiss like that we're not in love like they are they're really in love that's what it looks like that's an intrusive thought <laughs> that's get like then that thought would jump in her brain all day do you see what i'm talking about it's like it's a couple kissing like th that you shouldn't get from A to Z from that. So, and these thoughts are really pervasive and they kind of never stop. They, they, they might stop for a few days or a week, but then they're back over and over and over, over a period of time. And intrusive, so intrusive thoughts are thoughts all of us might have at some point. Everyone listening has had an intrusive thought. You're like, yeah, I've had one of those, but they don't get stuck you know, these, what I'm talking about with ROCD, these intrusive thoughts get stuck and they create a huge amount of anxiety and distress. Not just, you know, I don't know, for a couple of days or a week or a minute or whatever. This is really ongoing for months and months and months generally. So there are two main ways relationship OCD presents itself. One is relationship centered and the other is partner centered or focused. And you could have one or both. So relationship focused ROCD is where you might feel overwhelmed by your worries or doubts surrounding your feelings towards your partner, their feelings towards you, and whether this is again like the right one for you. So there's thoughts like, you know, again, is this the right relationship for me? Is this the one? Do they really love me? Do I really love them? What, what is love? That's where those big questions come in. Uh, are they the one or am I making the biggest mistake of my life? Are we even compatible? What is compatibility? That's the kind of stuff that happens with partner, with relationship focused. It's kind of like, again, it's sort of on the relationship. and. In general, you'll need constant reassurance. It's again, never enough. And you have a hard time focusing at work or on other tasks because you're spinning on one or more of those questions I just said, something like that. Uh, you might all constantly compare your partner to other potential partners. You know, when you're thinking of that compatibility, even though of course you, 
know your partner as many great qualities you want. I That same woman I just mentioned, she had made like a list of the things that were really important to her and a partner. And she literally met a man that checked off every single one on the list. But then when, after they were dating a while, she would uh, and he was, he was ready for commitment. He wanted to get married and have kids, which is, again, was on her list. And once that started happening, and it wasn't too soon, you know, they were together like a year. And all this, she was like, oh, he doesn't have this. He doesn't have this. And I would say to her, you never even mentioned those things before. Why is that important now? But suddenly things were, she was changing like the rules. Okay. So then there's partner focused relationship obsessive compulsive disorder, right? There's a second type. Uh, and in these cases, your worries about your partner's characteristics, that's what you're worried about. You know, their physical features, their social attributes, um, their personality, their flaws. These become increasingly, uh, your thoughts about them really become impairing, for lack of a better term. They, they start being really time consuming, upsetting to you. And here there's a lot of, there's many more different thoughts. It's interesting with, with relationship focused ROCD, it, it, it's really focused on that, is this the one thing and what is love? Am I in love? Are they in love? That, that seems to be the things I hear the most. When someone is, uh, has ROCD that's partner focused, and again, you could have both, but that's partner focused, it's things they're really focused maybe on their partner's flaws. You know, I hate X about my partner. They'll, they'll focus on this one particular flaw over and over. Um, is she pretty enough? Is he too heavy and overweight? Are they successful or ambitious enough for me? I need someone my friends like. What did my friend think of that joke my partner told? What do my parents think about my partner? Um, she's not intelligent enough. She's not funny enough for me. Are they trustworthy? Was their previous partner better in bed than me? Do they still love their ex? Uh, I could find someone who's a better match for me. They'll know, or, or there's no one I'll ever find as good as this person. <laughs> Do they wish they were with someone more successful than me? Am I attracted to them? Um, what else? I, um, I've, oh, oh, I've thought about, you know, or I've been attracted to other people. Does that mean I don't love them? You might be obsessed with your partner's past relationships. I see this a lot. And, you know, so uh, did he love her more than me? Was he better in bed than I am? Does he still carry a torch for her? That kind of stuff, you know? Th these. So what happens is that these thoughts, really they're obsessions, and that create actions or compulsions, like you, you feel unable to not do the thing, uh, you take actions related to those intrusive, obsessive thoughts, and they start to interfere with your normal activities or your ability to function fully in your life. If that is the case, you might have ROCD. And I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When ROCD is sort of, sort of like in action, you know, the way you see it, regardless of which type you might have, there are a variety of compulsive ways you behave because you're trying to reduce your those feelings of anxiety, of distress, of upset, of uncertainty, of doubt and fear. You're trying to alleviate them. So here's the things I see the most. And I went and looked in the literature and, and it definitely matched. Um, constantly thinking about what you're thinking or feeling about your partner or the relationship. That's how ROCD shows up a lot. You shouldn't always be thinking about (laughs) what you're thinking. (laughs) Like you're giving so much importance and power to your thoughts, you know, and, or, or your feelings about the relationship. It's really your thoughts because those would, as you know, what drive your feelings. So it's like, feel, you know, whatever I think is a fact, And like, you just give all this energy to those thoughts and you think about the thoughts a lot. You talk about your thoughts a lot. It's crazy. Um, Looking for reassurance about the relationship from friends or counselors. So that's where I would come in. If I have a client with ROCD, they're looking to me, you know, they're telling me the same things over and over and over about this person and you know, looking for me to say yes or no, and it doesn't matter if I say yes, if I say I think this is really unhealthy, or if I say I think this person is really healthy, it doesn't really matter in the end, they're still gonna do whatever they do because they're kind of driven. And that would be another part of this. You feel like you can't really listen to anyone's um, advice or again, reassurance or support. It's like you're just caught in your own own little whirlwind, despite what other people say. Um, these are sometimes I get DMs on social media with people asking for my advice, like in very specific ways. And sometimes I'm wondering, like, is this person have like, because it can seem obvious to me, they'll describe this very abusive, terrible, horrible relationship. And we've been together for years, and they won't ask me to marry him. And I don't know, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why are you asking me? Like, can't you, couldn't you even tell from just what you wrote what you should be doing? <laughs> like, really? You know, but there, it's like you're just throwing out lines everywhere, you know, like throwing hooks in the water everywhere. And you don't even know what you want to catch. You really don't on some level. Um, another way I think it's sh- that I see that it shows up a lot, and again, the literature reinfor- uh, confirms this is that you're comparing your relationship to others um, and to other people's relationships. Like I said, with my past client and her seeing other couples kiss or how they acted towards each other, spending a lot of energy. That's something she focused on a lot was what other couples were doing and always comparing it to herself. And again, a lot of times what other couples were doing in a movie or on in a TV show, it was crazy, you know, like, right. It feels crazy because OCD often feels crazy. Think about it. You know, if someone running home from work to check the locks in their house, it, it's really not crazy. But it, for the, you know, someone outside of that, 
it can seem crazy. And you might be listening right now thinking, well, I don't have ROCD, but my brother sure does. <laughs> you know, you, you can start to sort of see how other people's behaviors that can feel like, you know, in your head, you're thinking, what the fuck? Like, what the hell is going on? It, it can be in this category. Um, related to comparing your relationship to others is also comparing your partner to a past partner you've had or comparing yourself to their past partner, you know? And often there can be these really sort of jealous interrogations around this stuff. Like, oh, was he better in bed than me? Was she, did she do these things? Did it, you know, I mean, nuttiness, um, not good. Uh, another way it can show up, another kind of, you know, behavior that you get from these, from these thoughts, these intrusive thoughts, you might try to like catch your partner not being smart, funny, ambitious, whatever you thought they were, whatever you need them to be. You sort of set them up and test them to make sure they're what you think, even though obviously no one can pass every test, even if they are ambitious, even if they are funny, they're never going to be funny all the time or ambitious all the time or perfectly anything. So then you feel like you're catching them and then it reinforces your doubts. Um, and I, well, I guess I'll say it again here. Obviously, another thing is avoiding avoiding certain things like this client I mentioned who like avoiding, she would avoid watching romantic movies because you're not, she didn't feel as in love as they were on the film, right? And she would avoid kissing scenes. She would change the channel. She would avoid going out with certain friends or hanging out with certain friends because they seem to have, you know, that perfect relationship. They, they seem to have more. So sometimes it shows up in these kind of avoidance things. Um, that could also be not going to, I had another client who didn't go to an office holiday party because he was embarrassed because his partner, he, he was a lawyer and his partner, um, I don't want to say what his partner did because that might give it away because it was a, a, a different kind of job. Um, but his partner who was male, um, he didn't want to bring him to this office party that was this big kind of, you know, where all the partners were and all the stuff. And he was very ambitious because his partner did not, you know, his partner, you know, let's say they were working at Target in the checkout or something, you know, like it, it was more than that, but it, not to downgrade. I love Target and I love everyone who checks me out. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> it was just a job that didn't seem like it would be a professional or as educated as someone who's a lawyer. And so he didn't want to bring this person. He didn't think they'd measure up there. And uh, you know what I'm saying? So there's there's ways that this is, or maybe your partner's a little overweight, so you don't invite them out when your college friends are in town because you you fear that they won't live up to what these people think about who you should be with, that kind of thing. And obviously you could do some of this last things I mentioned because you're a narcissist or because you have narcissistic tendencies or because, you know, you're just ego. You don't have to be a narcissist. You could just be kind of too full up of your ego also. So obviously anything I'm saying, if you take one piece out, you should never do that with anything I, I mentioned. Um, it can seem like Oh, I'm that. But you know, when you have one thing, like don't go, don't start diagnosing yourself. So I want to briefly go before I get to tips, like what, so why do people have relationship obsessive compulsive disorder, you know, and 
I will tell you that the reasons for our OCD aren't entirely clear, but I will tell you, I believe that they are very multifaceted, meaning that there's overlapping reasons that people develop ROCD. And they include things like a history of trauma, abuse, or bullying. I've done lots of episodes previously on you might not realize you're suffering from unhealed trauma. Uh, I will, again, link to all that in the show notes on the website, abbymetcalf.com. Anything like that could, you know, um, have you leaning towards this kind of relationship. Your attachment style, which I've talked about multiple times, we'll also link to in the show notes, Uh, whether you're avoidant or anxiously attached or, you know, disorganized with your attachment or something that, and again, if you had a history of trauma and, you know, uh, uh, insecure attachment style, right, you can really see how these things could come together in a way that you might have uh, ROCD. There's biology. We have genetic and hereditary factors. Hereditary? Hereditary. (laughs) Sorry, I was speaking kind of fast. I said factors and hereditary, okay, hereditary factors, um, which create, they they create these chemical, structural, and functional abnormalities in the brain. You know, changes in serotonin levels or changes in activity in certain areas of the brain. So all that can be going on. Another thing that can contribute to ROCD are life changes, death, moving, divorce, having a baby, getting pregnant, being fired getting hired at a new job, a car accident, getting married. Yeah, all those things. Uh, low self-esteem for sure. And again, I've done episodes on all this stuff, which I'll link. And certainly other mental health issues. If you have a severe anxiety disorder, you know, it can really, that easily can g- get into, uh, or you might've had kind of regular old OCD in the past and now it's shifted onto relationships. But again, you can have a constellation of these different problems that come together um, that equal your reason, your particular reasons why this might be hitting you. So let's talk about treatment and treatment for ROCD is very similar to other cognitive behavioral treatment methods for OCD, for regular old OCD. There are a few that really have great evidence-based research to back them up. So I'm, but I'm only going to go deeper with one of them because I'm not an expert in these other things. And again, I will link, you can read the articles about them. You can research them yourselves. I've tried to, um, create links for easy to read things. I know some of the research, you know, when you're used to reading research, it makes sense. When you're not, it can sound like gobbledygook. Gobbledygook? How do you say that? Okay. Um, So I understand that, which is why I do try to talk the way I do to you. So it's all understandable. And I try to distill all the information down in ways that really are understandable. But a lot of these are very complex topics that I cover. And they're not so easy to just break down into a soundbite. This is one of them, I think. You know, relationship OCD, again, it's going to be more rare than you think. It is not going to be so common, but it could be you. And if that's the case, regular old talk therapy ain't going to get you there. Ain't going to get you there. (laughs) So for example, if you have ROCD because of maybe an attachment issue um, or I'm sorry, a previous trauma issue, 
then starting with something like EMDR might be really good, right? Um, but I will tell you that the treatment that's listed the most from all the research I read that shows the seems to be the highest rate of success is something called exposure and response prevention. And or ERP, I think is what it usually says. And exposure and response prevention therapy is a very effective type of relationship OCD treatment. And this type of therapy involves slowly exposing yourself, if you have it, to triggers like such as an unflattering photo of your partner. And over time, that could be a trigger, right? Like, oh, this is not, you know, the person for me. Over time, re again, the research has been really robust on this, has shown that ERP can reduce the power of those triggers, which then will reduce the you know, intrusive thoughts and the doubts and the recurring fears. So again, I'll link to that. I'm not gonna go deep into that. It is not a kind of therapy I do. And you, should, you would go to a specialist for that. Someone, But what I want you to do, if you think you have this, is look up somebody who does that. You know, you can do a search engine, say therapist. You can call your insurance company if you have insurance and ask for someone who specializes in that. Like that's the way that would go. The problem that I see and the problem I have with clients who came to me who we realized had ROCD is my regular kind of, even though I am very effective with my clients, if I have the right, you know, right diagnosis and the right match, I'm not effective with every, any, every single person because nobody is. No one form of therapy is effective with everyone. And, but with ROCD, it's so specific that very particular therapy is needed. So ERP is one of them. The other one that I saw everywhere in the research, and I had to look this up, so thank you, because I had to really go study, you know? In the past, when I've had people with ROCD, I have referred them out. Like, I know to do that. I know to stay in my lane. I know that once I kind of figure out what's going on, and or once we've tried some things and they don't work, then it's always really clear, oh, oh, I need to refer this person out. Um, so the second tool I'm going to mention, and again, I'm going to get deeper on the third tool because it is something I do. Uh, the second tool is imagery rescripting is what it's called. And imagery rescripting is a technique that challenges, um, what does it do? It, it, it's challenging these dysfunctional and maladaptive self-perceptions and beliefs by specifically looking at memories because we create these mental pictures from these memories and seeing them in another way. And again, research has shown it to be very effective with OCD and ROCD. So, and again, I link to the show notes, go look up the research, go check it out, you know, do a, do a search in Google on it. And you cannot treat yourself with these things, but you can find someone who specializes because you should treat your mental health as a very serious thing. And this is impairing your life if this is what you have. And it's impairing your ability to be happy and your ability to be in happy relationships. So I really want you to find the right person to do this with. Okay. And the uh, third thing I'm going to talk about today is something called cognitive reconstruction. Now, I talk about all kinds of things like this, reframing and, you know, they're all cognitive Cognitive restructuring is a technique that helps people, you know, change the way they think. And since, as I've said a million times on the on the show, we feel the way we think, it can help 
people feel differently about things that worry or frustrate them, like all these thoughts about your partner or about your relationship. So when you, and when you feel differently about a person, you know, this relationship, you're able to change your actions, you know, your reactions, your behavior. So, so, but cognitive restructuring should not, should not be confused with cognitive behavioral therapy or what's called CBT, which I've talked about a million times on the podcast. And that CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, is a specific type of cognitive restructuring. CBT has a very specific way that people are trained to ask questions and to sort of, there's like a formula to it. There's a, there's a, there's a way. Uh, I know, you know, everyone thinks like therapy is easy, but it ain't, you know, there's a lot that goes into how we're trained and what we know and how to do it and our experience and all that good stuff. So the restructuring, the content restructuring, it really involves over a period of time, very slowly replacing a maladaptive belief. So in this case about your relationship, a, 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 a belief that's not working <coughs> with one that's, that's more accurate, that's more helpful. So instead of predicting that your relationship is doomed because you don't feel in love every day, you might instead start believing that, you know, everyone has ups and downs in a relationship. So it's, it's okay. It's normal. So let me just say something first about maladaptive beliefs. I know that well, you can hear that word and be like, Abby, you've lost me on maladaptive belief. What the fuck is that? Maladaptive. What are you talking about? So let me just say something before I say another word about the cognitive restructuring, because this is such a big, maladaptive beliefs are such a piece of it. So the research shows that in OCD-related disorders, so relationship OCD, regular OCD, that maladaptive beliefs related to not being able to tolerate uncertainty. So you have a belief about tolerating uncertainty that does, that's, that's maladaptive, that doesn't work. Um, beliefs related to giving way too much importance to your thoughts, what I just mentioned, believing that you know thoughts are facts. And a sense of inflated responsibility, all of those things increase the likelihood that when you get an intrusive thought, you will start to catastrophize. You will start to blow it up. So for example, before, so uh, you might have a normal relationship doubt, right? A normal one, but because you give it so much power, because in your, you know, you're having a doubt, but in your head, oh, my thoughts are everything and thoughts are facts. You then catastrophize and decide that having doubt, a doubt means you should get out of the relationship or it's doomed to failure or you don't really love the person or they don't really love you. You know, you go from one to a thousand in seconds. Can you hear me snapping? <laughs> you go from, you know, one to a hundred, one to a thousand, you make a leap that's not, that's maladapted. That's not adapted in a healthy way. If you have difficulty tolerating uncertainty, you'll have a lot of difficulty with concepts like, you know, uh, uh, love or passion because they're fuzzy to begin with. It's very hard to give a definition of love, what love is, what passion is. Yeah, you can look it up in the dictionary, please. But it's fuzzy. So if you have some bad, some, again, unhealthy beliefs about uh, uncertainty, if you have some, you know, inability to tolerate things being uncertain and not definite in your life, when you get to those kind of concepts, you're going to, you're screwed. 
because you're going to become more distressed and more upset. You know, what is love anyway? How do I know? How do I know if they're the one? And then you're going to react in dysfunctional ways. <laughs> you're going to, you know, spin. You're going to ask 50 people and not listen. You're going to go back to the relationship over and over. You're going to break up. You're going to stay. You're going to, oh my God, you're going to do all the things that are maladaptive, that are unhealthy, that are dysfunctional. Your, your beliefs about the potential negative consequences of your relationship and unrealistic expectations about how you think you should think and feel about your partner or the relationship itself, that's what creates this sort of negative spiral with ROCD. So if you start thinking about how bad it'll be to stay in the relationship or you have fear about ending the relationship, you'll start to create what's called, uh, what do we call it? Uh, catastrophic scripts. That's, that's the technical term we use. And catastrophic scripts, these scripts can be anything like being afraid you'll end up trapped in an unsatisfying, you know, or a bad relationship for the rest of your life. Or you might have a script about, oh, I'm missing out on my soulmate. I'm missing out on the one. And then I'm going to regret it forever. I know right now, if you're, if you're like, oh my God, is Abby in my house? Then, you know, hey, listen up. You might have a script related to just unrealistic expectations about what love should look like, you know, some fairy tale romance you have in your head. Oh, if I don't think about them all the time, they're not the one. If I think about my ex sometimes, it means I'm not in love with my current partner. If I find other people attractive, it means I'm not in love. I can't be in love because my heart doesn't beat. I don't know. I don't have that in love feeling, Abby. I, my heart's not beating quickly all the time. Are you fucking kidding me? Stop it. Stop it. Cut it out. I'm yelling at you. Doing the Jewish mother uh, bossiness now. It, that, if you've uttered any of those things, you, you, you got to stop. You have to see that for what it is. So I will give you an action tip because I like to do that because I love you so much. Uh, here's an action tip that I use with many of my clients for cognitive restructuring. And it's something you can do yourself that you don't you know, need a therapist for necessarily. Although... I'm going to highly recommend you get one if you're suffering from anything I'm mentioning. But you can get a pack. What I have them do is I have them get a pack of index cards. Don't do this in your friggin' phone. Grow up. Go buy some index cards. You know what I'm talking about. Those little, what are they, like three by five little cards with little lines on them. Or you can get them without the lines. I don't really care. But what I want you to do is on one side of each card, so take the little deck, take the little pack of cards, and... You're going to just sit down and write every belief you have on each card, okay? On one side of the card, just write, you know, one belief per card, one belief per card. Write down a belief you have about your partner or about the relationship that's driving you crazy. And then on the other side of that card, I usually, I like to write down all the, have my clients write down all those beliefs first, like every one you got. You know, like everything I just said, we're not in love because I think of my ex, you know, uh, my partner, I know that they really are comparing me all the time to their ex and how they were in bed. I don't know what stuff you come up with, but whatever that is. And then, but then you're going to take that thing and you're going to now go one by one and you're going to, you're going to read the thing and then you're going to turn it over and you're going to dispute or challenge that particular belief. So on the one side, let's say you wrote, you know, uh, um, if we, I just had a client say this to me. If we don't get along all the time, it means it's not true love. I swear to God, someone said this to me. 
so on the on the other side, and I just did this out loud with her, but I would have her do it on a card, right? On the other side, you would write your dispute, right? So something like, is there a relationship that exists where the partners get along a hundred percent of the time? You know, or is it possible to have the same feelings about anyone or anything a hundred percent of the time? That's what you would write on the other side. Does that make sense? Uh, uh, it, um, you, uh, you might have a card that says, if I have doubts or fears about my relationship, it means they're not the one. That's a common thing I hear. You'd flip over the card. And on the other side, you might write, um, the way I mishandle, the way I, I mishandle my intrusive thoughts, because that's what you're doing. You're mishandling them. They're coming, but you're, you know, the way I see my intrusive thoughts is facts. That's a mishandling of your intrusive thoughts is the real issue. My not doing a good job, my healthy job around my uh, around addressing my intrusive thoughts is the real issue. That's why my doubts are increasing, or that's why my doubts are feeling so strong. That's another way to dispute that belief. Do you see that? You don't always have to have something that's directly related to the belief. You can also just kind of do something meta like that. Okay, so hopefully that makes sense. I think it should. But it's a really great exercise, and then you can go back to those cards over and over, and you would, you know, read and do them out loud. It's, it's. There's again research on this. You want to read the one side out loud, and then read the dispute out loud on the other side. And what happens over time? My clients will say it's true. They'll start to have even more ways to dispute as they keep doing it. They'll have even more ways because it starts to really kind of integrate. And remember, it's a kind of a slow process. You're not going to change your thinking overnight. But as you practice this tool, it over time, it will help you to, to flip the script, so to speak, to really start to think differently about the relationship or the person or the relationship as a whole. Um, and I do want to say as a last note that medications can also be very helpful, especially SSRIs, in easing um, you know, the anxiety uh, the intrusive thoughts, the depression that are all related to relationship obsessive compulsive disorder. So, and psychotropic medications of any kind, again, have to be prescribed by a doctor and I highly suggest a psychiatrist, but, um, they're always best coupled with therapy, like I just listed above. So to me, a great thing would be to start with one of these, you know, somebody who specializes in one of these therapies and then talk to them and see if they recommend medication. If they do, they're probably not a psychiatrist that you'd be seeing for any of these things. Then you would then, at least here in the United States, you'd have to then go separately see a medical doctor or a psychiatrist to get prescribed something. And again, I would always use a specialist or even better yet, someone that they recommend. So if you're working with a person who specializes in ROCD or in OCD and these kinds of therapies, they're gonna know good psychiatrists who will who do a good job with um, prescribing for these problems? So that's the good news there. It's always better when it's word of mouth. Um, anyway, so so there you have it. That is kind of everything I have to say on this topic. Again, a lot of you wrote in. I appreciate it. I love you. Thank you. Uh, I really um, like when you ask me questions and do that kind of thing. It, it just it means a, a, a whole whole lot to me. Uh, one more time, if you're, you know, please give back to me. Um, I love you. You don't have to give back. You can just listen and send me some love. That would be giving back. Say, put me in your prayers. 
uh, set an intention, some love healing in the universe would be good. <laughs> write a review, follow me on, you know, social media or, you know, write a review for the podcast or rate it on Spotify, subscribe and, you know, on my YouTube channel and like the videos and comment, you know, any of those things are really easy ways for you to get back to me. And I promise you, I feel it all. I feel the love of the comments. I know when you're praying for me, it feels so, so good. Um, you know, let's just, just don't, you know, let's, we're in a relationship. Just remember we are, treat me as you would anyone that you else that you love and respect as I treat you. And that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for spending time. And I'll see you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you. And I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.